Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and everything in between. You are joined by your co-host, Megan Hoharts, and... Kenzie Meekbeck, but we have a special guest today. Yes, All right, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Biala Akani. I'm the founder of Yoga by Biala and also the founder of Trap Vinyasa, and I'm really happy to be here with you guys today. We are so excited that you're here. And how did we meet you? you, uh, Kind of through Maggie, who was one of our previous guests. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how do you guys know each other? Maggie is actually my intern. She's the intern for Trap Vinyasa, and she has been a phenomenal addition to the team. She actually let me know about the podcast that she did with you guys and introduced me to, obviously, videography services and that's actually how we met a friend of a friend mm-hmm. yeah it's been great the network is the best thing especially in the yoga community i think network like is big yeah so mm-hmm. and everybody that i've met in the yoga community so far just really welcoming open honest all that good stuff so we're excited to have you definitely love my yoga community <laughs> <laughs> so can you explain what trap is and how you combine it with yoga Yes, that's a very interesting question. I get that a lot. Um, trap is basically urban or impoverished cultures and like inner city areas of, you know, Seattle has it, downtown Rainier. Um, but they're basically urban or impoverished areas where there's a lot of crime happening. So there's high crime rate. Um, growing up in Atlanta, being born in Atlanta, I grew up kind of in trap culture. Um, my cousins were exotic dancers. Um, I grew up in kind of in the, the neighborhoods where there was a lot of things happening. Um, and within that, I learned so much about community, even in that, because the community is really strong in those spaces, although it seems like it wouldn't be. Um, but community is really strong. And I also learned that in those spaces, those people, um, even though the choices that they're making might not be the best, the, ju- the lack of judgment that they have for other people, it's really profound, even though they're constantly being judged and scrutinized on their choices and how they're choosing to live their lives. Uh, I know a lot of women who are in the sex work industry. Um, I've dated pimps. I- I've, I've had my bout of drug abuse. And so I've, I've been in those subcultures and the lack of the, the lack of judgment that these people have for other people is really profound. The grace that they have for other people is really fo- profound. So I always found such an ability to be so self-expressive and, and liberated in those spaces because of the grace that they have. And so that's how I wanted to, or that's how I made the combination of trap vinyasa. I wanted to create a community that felt like that, that, that you know, it's hard to find that in yoga communities, even though we like to believe that it's always there. It's not necessarily true. Um, and I wanted to find a space and create a space where people could expose themselves, find that complete self-expression, no matter their choices, no matter their body type, no matter their race. And so that's ultimately why I created and com- com- buying trap vinyasa to create that space to kind of mimic that and we've done a really good job of of creating that cool so what does that type of like uh, exercise look like Mm -hmm. like how do you combine those two things yeah i mean because trap vinyasa is very much a yoga fitness class so it's a high intensity high powered yoga fitness class so we have yoga asana we have dance and we have kickboxing and we have hit all wrapped up in one Um, but it's also really intentionally rooted in the yogic philosophy Um, the main thing that we try to do is cultivate something called the diamond body which is a tantric term 
that without going over your head basically Mm -hmm. means reflecting pure awareness. There's a lot of stories that we've been told our bodies and our lives mean based on societal standards. So trying to teach people how to get back to the original story in Tantra um, and Tantric terms. Tantra means to weave or to thread. And so basically helping people get back to their original weave, their original thread, reflecting pure awareness as opposed to the stories they've been taught to tell about themselves. So a typical class, we have four set series. The first series is Travanyasa Intro Series 1, and then we have um, Series 2, which is Soya Core. Um, in Sanskrit, Soya means um, sun, so sun core, utilizing all core exercises, core movements, yoga, asana, and dance to help people kind of focus on stimulating the solar plexus. That's your third chakra. That's where your personal power and your confidence are stored. So helping people to begin to unapologetically own their confidence and stimulate that part of the body to kind of get that energy activated. Um, Series three is bhakti kickboxing. Bhakti in Sanskrit means devotion. So that's kind of a really vulnerable practice, although we're utilizing the kickboxing to find empowerment in the movements. But you are also surrendering to whatever deity you serve. So it's um, a really powerful practice. So that's yoga, dance, and kickboxing. And the last is hit and hatha. So that one's obviously a really high-powered mm-hmm. yoga fitness class because it has the yoga asana. It's strung together with the yoga asana sequence, but it's hit, stro- like woven all through in it. And if you're not familiar with hit, hit is high-intensity in- interval training. So a lot of squats, a lot of <laughs> jump squats, a lot Sounds of... Sounds hard. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lunge hops. Um, it's really high-intensity, but the sequence is more hatha, so it's a little bit slower. And then we have those high-intensity movements sprinkled in. Um, So the classes are about 75 minutes. They're really beautiful classes. And each time we take about 15 to 20 minutes each class to really share where we're at, where each each student is at that day. Um, We have our community potlucks. We have just so many things that we do. And we purposely took these classes out of yoga studios when I started. I just wanted to create a space, like I said, where... I felt where I could find self-expression and I wasn't envisioning trap vinyasa to ever grow. It started in my living room and it was just me and my homegirls oh, wow. um, who were also yogis. And I never oh. thought it would grow beyond that. I just, I was really pretty satisfied with, with that being it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they encouraged me to share it more. And I did, I, I started to just to rent out community centers in the urban areas. And it just started to gain so much momentum and traffic because we really were creating a non-judgmental inclusive space that really people could feel. We're getting a lot of people who had never practiced yoga from transgender to a lot of people of color who don't necessarily feel welcomed in studios. And just, we just got everything under the sun and we were all practicing together. Um, And now it's grown into something really phenomenal, really huge. And it's its own brand, its own entity. Um, But we still try to focus on not keeping it, and we still host the studio tour, so we go to studios, but still renting out spaces so that people who are new to yoga feel welcomed in, because yoga studios can feel kind of intimidating. So just finding urban, you know, urban community centers or just open spaces is what we mainly still do, and it's just kept the initial um, mission alive. That's Perfect. really cool. Yeah. And I think that that is a good thing to point on is how intimidating yoga studios can be at first. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even as, you know, 
I'm a yoga teacher. And so even when I step into a yoga studio for the first time, like it's still like, what am I going to expect? What's going to happen? Am I going to be in child's pose the whole time? Cause it's going to be too hard. And, right. and so I can't imagine how difficult it is for people who um, maybe are brand new to yoga. So that's yeah. awesome that you're kind of utilizing multiple spaces. Yeah. And what a fun way to exercise. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah it's so um, fun. That's so cool. So are you the founder of this technique? I guess I am. I'm the founder of trap vinyasa. It's officially trademarked um and it's just really interesting how it's like the founder (laughs) you know trap yoga is a thing the trap yoga movement is a thing and um there's other people other people in you know in the east coast who are teachers who have trap yoga classes um but what i say trap vinyasa what difference what makes us different is that we have these four set intentional sequences um, that are really unique. Um, like I said, that are yoga fitness. They're, we're not just utilizing trap music and just flowing to a y- normal yoga class. These are four unique set copyrighted sequences. Um, I'm very athletic. I train and weight train every day. Um, I used to run track for several years. And so in addition to being a yogi and my yoga practice, I also am very you know, athletic. And so I wanted to create a practice that combined all of those things that I love about training Um, I used to do kickboxing. I don't anymore, but I wanted to combine that as well. And so it's just, it's a really great introduction for people who are new to yoga, who also love fitness, um, but who also still want to learn the yoga philosophy in a way that's palatable for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, which is, it's really cool to be the founder of these specific series and to bring it not only to the yoga world to the fitness world as well and bring mindfulness to the fitness world because we've had the opportunity to take these not only to yoga studios the series but take it to fitness centers um in washington and beyond and really being bringing mindfulness to um the fitness arena um trap vinyasa also each series is focused is focused on the four elements of trap vinyasa so the main thing is that we utilize the storytelling power of hip-hop to teach students how to rewrite and redefine the stories they've been told about their bodies. Um, once again, it's really typical in a societal standards, um, societal system rather, that we're told that our bodies mean this, um, brown bodies mean this, white bodies mean this, red bodies mean that. Um, so teaching people how to utilize the storytelling power of hip-hop when combined with asana to rewrite and define the story that they've been told about their body as living souls having a human experience, once again going back to Tantra, um, and really beginning to envision themselves um, beyond just the physical form, but really beginning to identify as living souls having a human experience. And with that, um, taking the power that comes with that to rewrite their stories based on what their true and unique dharma is um, and breaking out of the societal norms and standards. So we really are intentional. We teach the history of hip hop. Um, we teach the storytelling power of the, of hip, we teach the, the history of hip hop and we teach um, the power of storytelling. So specifically going back to my, my Nigerian roots because my family's from Nigeria and so in Nigeria, storytelling is a huge part of the culture. Oh, cool. It's kind of how we pass things on, pass down knowledge. Yeah. So giving them the history of storytelling and, and once again, weaving that back to Tantra. And then we teach the history of African dance, which I grew up with West African dance in my family. Um, mm. And I weave that in. People might call it twerking or whatnot, but moving your hips in a really sensual way, um, teaching 
all genders how to begin to identify as a sensual vessel as opposed to just to a sexualized object, which um, a lot of people have suffered sexual trauma. I know I have. And so for a long time, I only identified as a sexual object or a sexual vessel, especially as a Nigerian-American woman. Um, you know, I'm hypersexualized in media. And so to begin to identify as a sensual vessel through dance was really empowering. So I really incorporate the African dance in there because I find that when you go back to the root of it, um, the root of like movement through the hips, which you find in African dance, you find that sensuality, that sensory experience, as opposed to kind of gyrating all over the place. Um, and then the last one, the last element of trap vinyasa is the diamond body, which I discussed mm -hmm. earlier. Um, that tantric term, really learning how to reflect pure awareness and giving people the tools to begin to do that. So we cover those in the workshop, which um, are part asana and then part lecture. So we go really beyond the movement practice. And that's why I wanted to really trademark this because I knew that it was something unique that was being created. Definitely. It sounds awesome. I know. I want to go to class so bad. <laughs> So you've already answered a couple of the questions um, that we had down. So I think that the best place to pick up is um, what do you find the benefits of this combination of trap and yoga to be? Mm, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that. Um, the main benefit that I've found, and I can say from my own experience, but also from the student's experience, my own experience has mainly been identifying as a sensual vessel as opposed to just a sexual being because you know struggling when when I did go through a bout of um, drug abuse and just really deep-seated insecurity like where there was so stifling like my life was stifled because of it um, and I still am growing out of that um, just beginning to have a sensory experience with my body was was so new to me and it was so refreshing and so that's one of the main benefits. We're so used to walking through our bodies as thinking vessels, or some of us are really sexualized. And so to be acquainted with yourself as a sensory, sensual vessel and move through your body in such a way is so profound and so so new to so many people that it, it, start, it, it provides such a healing and an awakening at the same time in a way that people don't really necessarily get on a day-to-day -day basis. And I know for me, um, to find that healing and also find that awakening within myself was really, was just, it, it was really almost orgasmic. <laughs> it was just, um, it just really changed my life and just helped me to identify with my divine feminine essence in a new way, um, to really own my power as a woman in a new way, to really um, own my confidence because one of the things that we're taught is that we have to gain confidence. Like there's a measure outside of ourselves that has to be filled. Like you got to do all these steps and you got to do all that. And you got to do all these things to like gather confidence up. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with self-love. Like, oh, let me do all these self-love activities to fill this measure of self-love. And one of the greatest benefits Trap Vinyasa has is teaching people that those things are not outside of themselves. So self-love is not a measure that you have to fill, but you instead receiving that you are a vessel of love. And so just receiving that you are love immediately acknowledges and starts to walk out a habit of self-love within that. Or just beginning to receive that you are confident, receive your own confidence, your personal power that's stored in that solar plexus. Mm -hmm. um, 
just receiving it. So it, it comes to that divine feminine essence, which is all about receptivity, is one of the main benefits that students leave with, is realizing that, oh, I, all I have to do is really receive myself, and everything's the power is all in that. Um, you know, receiving that you are a divine essence, you know, um, made in the image and the likeness of the sovereign God. When you start to receive that, you start to have access to your power, your access to your confidence, your access to your love, because you're receiving that you are, mm -hmm. um, and not without or with, you know, or lack thereof or lacking of something. So once I started to receive that sensuality, I started to get in touch with so many things that I, I thought I never had, you know, that I would always Im like envy, like jealous envy from other people. When I started to receive that I had that, it just really woke me up to so much within my, my life and my body and within my emotional and subtle bodies as well. Another main benefit is breaking body dysmorphia. So one of the main testimonials that I've gotten that has been consistent from all of my students is that wow, I've, I've, like this class helped me break off like a week's worth or a month's worth of body dysmorphia. Even Maggie, you know, she, she talks about how trap vinyasa has, has allowed her to feel so liberated in her body. She would never go to a yoga class and take off her shirt mm -hmm. and just have her sports bra on. But she does that all the time in trap vinyasa. And so do a lot of my other students who, you know, might have a little bit more curves and they feel completely confident doing that because the space we hold space in that way where it's not for you to feel weird for you to do that. And you, and you wiggle and you jiggle and it's all good, you know? Um, and so just breaking off body dysmorphia and giving people the ability to begin to identify and feel a lot of the cliche terms that we say, like self-acceptance and self-love. Like I wanted to create a practice where people could actually feel that. Mm -hmm. And, and they really do. They feel that. And, they leave breaking off body dysmorphia. They leave feeling self-acceptance. They leave um, honoring and receiving the self-love of themselves. They leave that. Even if it's just in a small space, they, they do leave receiving those benefits. That is amazing. That is really Talk good. about empowering. Chills down my spine. <laughs> um, so can it, for a lot of people, sorry, Megan, this is kind of one I thought of on the fly, but for a lot of people, I feel like, well, for me, I was even confused and maybe I just need to be more aware, but what, what do you define as the difference between sensory and sexual, like a sexual entity? Like, right. what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Um, well... I think not only as black women, just women, we're very sexualized, you know, um, when we go out around the street or just walking around, like we're sexualized by men and how they look at us. Um, so we're, we're seen as these sexual vessels, um, these sexual objects that were kind of made for the pleasure of a man. And there's some people who feel like that and, you know, they only relate to their body in that way. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, just growing up with such deep-seated insecurity that was the way i said i you know this is how i identify so i'm just going to play this up um and because i was so incredibly insecure when i was younger um that was the only way that i identified it that i knew to identify with my body based on societal standards or what i was taught i just played into it um i was super hypersexualized, and i was i was fairly fairly promiscuous at one time in my life um and it led to led led to a lot of sexual trauma. Also, I had suffered a lot of sexual trauma beforehand beforehand as a young adult and as a young child. Um, so 
just only seeing myself as a sexual vessel for the benefit of another person was really how I identified my body. It wasn't really for me to enjoy, but for someone else. So when I started to practice yoga about 10 years ago, um, to begin to identify as a sensual, sensory vessel and begin to have a sensory experience, like sense, move through my body and the senses of my body um, on my own and for myself and to experience the senses of my body, not for the benefit of anyone else, but for myself, started just to awaken, um, I don't know what the word is, but it just started to awaken so much power, but also so much more ownership of mm-hmm. my body. You know, and starting to see myself as a sensual vessel and experience my body accordingly, it just it it made a world that was black and white become a a world of color Mm -hmm. to me. Um, And it brought ownership back to my body in a way that I really didn't have. And I don't know, it was just so many different things. But yeah, so I guess when you think about being a sexualized vessel, that ownership is is kind of dictated by someone else and then when you think of yourself as a sensual sensual or sensory vessel it's like you're taking back that ownership and experiencing your body um in 3d you know as opposed to two dimension and you take back that ownership as well and you get the enjoyment of feeling and, and experiencing the senses and the sensuality of your body and the sexuality of your body all for yourself that's articulated very yes. well. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, this next one isn't as hard. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> sorry. Last question was pretty I hard. Was like, uh, <laughs> um, but it was a good question. Yeah. How have you spread the word and um, how have you kind of opened up the community? Mm. What's really been really cool is Trap Vinyasa and my, the Yoga by Biala brand have really been word of mouth. Um, especially trap vinyasa. Like I said in the beginning, I started it in my living room. I just wanted to get my girlfriends together, and it wasn't something that I thought would be huge um, or had intended it to be huge. Um, and so initially we started a few years ago, and I once I started to share it and, and kind of rent out spaces, I did such mild and still do very, very mild marketing um, at the time, it didn't have its own Instagram or Facebook page or anything. I was just sharing classes via the Yoga by Biala Instagram. Um, and I would put it up on my website occasionally when, when I decided to host a class. And it just grew like wildfire through word of mouth. Because um, I would be wondering, how did all these people get here? How did they hear about us, you know? Um, once we started to rent out community centers and it's just still continued to grow through word of mouth, um, which has been really, really cool. And yoga by Biala has been the same way. Um, I had the opportunity, my main brand yoga by Biala had the opportunity to become a Cody app coach. And if, if for those who don't know, Cody is a yoga fitness platform. And if you follow Cody, you know that the teachers that they usually feature have are 30, 30,000 K followers. They're major Instagram yogis, you know, um, with major followings, major clout. And I have like 3000 followers, you know, I don't have a huge following just yet. And so the fact that they reached out to me through word of mouth, so many other teachers, local teachers in the area had referred me, um, was really profound. And it shows the strength of word of mouth. And that's literally how we've grown. Um, it's just now, you know, three or four years later with Trap Vinyasa that I'm starting to get 
more consistent with the marketing plan <laughs> um, because I just, I didn't really need it, um, which has been really phenomenal. Um, but we, we do need it now if we want to, you know, sustain and keep things going, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So on episode one of The Peaceful Truth, we'll kind of do a throwback. We told stories about times when other women have empowered us. Can you tell us the story or about a time that another woman has empowered you or really brought light to your life? Mm. So you sent me these questions earlier, and that was one I didn't really sit on and think about as long as I should have. That's okay. It can be a friend, a colleague. Hmm. Another woman has empowered me. Even um, I want to say a my mom. Person. Your yeah. mom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my mom. Both my parents are from Nigeria. I'm first generation, and so my mom came here from Nigeria. She was pregnant with my older sister and I remember one time we were sitting down and I just asked her to tell me the story of you know how she came here and everything and she sat me down and she told me this profound story about coming here pregnant Um, her boyfriend at the time was supposed to meet her he was from Nigeria as well but he was supposed to meet her he never came Um, and she didn't know anybody in Nigeria in Atlanta. She came to Atlanta from Nigeria and she didn't know anyone. She was pregnant. Oh my gosh. And she was fairly young. And the boyfriend didn't come. He never came. He never came and we still to this day don't know what happened to him. Um, Wow. But you know she ended up making things work learning things on her own. I remember she had my older sister on a she was telling me she had my older sister on a couch and because she went to the hospital, she said she was having contractions and she didn't have like insurance or anything. So they sent her back home and said oh that you'd be fine. Oh, my God. And then she they said, up, you'll be fine. Yeah, that she was having miscontractions or fake contractions. And then they sent her back home and she had my sister by herself on the couch. Oh, by herself. my God. Not a single person. Yeah. Then the, then the paramedics came later. And so... Um, yeah, and she just was telling me how it was just raising my sister and how my sister was so content with just little things. Like she had a little one little teddy bear because uh, my mom didn't know about toys and stuff. And so she had one little teddy bear that she loved. And one of her friends came over. and She's like, she doesn't have any toys. And she's like, she, she, my mom didn't even think about that and how my little sister, my older sister was so content with her one teddy bear named Oscar that she still has to this day. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and just... Little just kids are so pure. <laughs> yeah, and how she just grew up just and how my mom, she just learned. And then my mom, when she had me and my, my younger sister, my family and my sisters and cousins started to really get in trouble in Atlanta. And so my mom really was like, I'm... She's very spiritual, and so she was just like, I need to, like, change the situation for my family. Like, I don't want my daughters growing up in this and, you know you know, turning and turning out not their best selves. And so she didn't know anyone in Washington State. Um, She said that she had a spiritual calling and she moved here for a year and lived in someone's garage, just trying to learn the lay of the land. Um, And after a year, she told my dad, um, you know, I think this is it for the girls. I think this is going to be a really good, you know, new point for them. So you just bring them and... Um, you can come if you want to or you can stay 
and she didn't know anyone and so we moved here and, and started a new life i mean there were so many other layers to the story but my mom is just a fighter and she's just such a profound woman and so spiritual as well and i i just would say that she is definitely an inspiration to me what's her name her name is is toyin abodurin what a yes. cool lady. <laughs> it's very Nigerian. I feel like we can have a whole podcast just on that story. I know. <laughs> That's an awesome story. That is the strongest woman mm-hmm. I've ever heard of. Yeah. Uh, by yourself. Mm-hmm. This oh one God. is also maybe a little more difficult. I um, just realized something, actually. Yeah. yeah. I just said, she just said my dad's name. My dad's name is Abu Duran. My mom's name is Toyin Daroju. Oh, okay. Daroju. That was her maiden name. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, that's her, her first and her middle name. Okay. okay. And her maiden name is Badmus. Okay, cool. Yes. Good. Awesome. Can you describe any personal experience of gender inequality or any particular journey that as a woman you've gone through? Mm, gender inequality. Oh. I still I feel like I'm sensing it right now a little bit. Um, I had that really cool opportunity to work with a lot of dope individuals now you know um as my brands continue to grow and a lot of them i'm so used to working with women so i never have dealt with like any type of gender equality (laughs) with them Mm -hmm. but now i'm working a lot more with men and there's just little things i'm noticing like things like always telling me to be open-minded and the like the you really having to compromise a lot more with numbers and and pay scale and things like that and uh, and I think it's just, it's, I don't know if it's inequality, but it's definitely, it's definitely the privilege of, be, privilege of being a man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and then I feel kind of ganged up on because there's so many of them and there's only one of me and obviously they have their partners and things backing them and I'm just me by myself. And so I'm, I've noticed that a lot more, just a lot of like, pushing for me to compromise, pushing like little things, be open-minded, you should do this, um, you should move this way, just like a lot of bending and pulling for for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. it's just really irritating. It's just, it's really annoying because uh, as, you know, they don't realize that they're doing that, um, trying to bend and move you in their way. Um, they think they're doing what's best for the group, the, for the project, the group project, but at the same time, um, whenever I ask for the same type of compromise or the same type of pliability, I don't ever get that. I don't ever get that same response. Kind of mansplaining, um, it sounds like a little bit. Hmm? Mansplaining? Have yes. you heard that term? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much so. And so that has really been annoying. Um, I have seen not necessarily gender inequality, but just some inequality within the yoga arena between teachers of color and teachers of not that are non-POC there's you know I felt like I've always had to do that much more to prove that I'm um, skilled in yoga anatomy that I'm skilled in yoga philosophy that I'm that you know that I know what I'm talking about that I know the asanas you know and um, teachers students are kind of judging you on that as well that I can talk clearly you know like just things like that and Mm -hmm. so there's a little there's a lot of more pressure put on you you have to do like 10 percent more um be just 10 percent greater at what you do to really stand out which can be really frustrating and exhausting so there's inequalities that i've noticed within that that's difficult yeah Mm -hmm. um and this also uh 
just came to my mind too. So if in a normal, typical class, are there men that come to trap vinyasa? Yes. Yeah? Really? There, is, there are. Yeah. What I love is that um, at Trap Vinyasa, we'll get so many different types. You'll get a lot of partners bringing, like a mm. lot of women bringing their partners. Oh, cool. Um, they'll be bringing their husbands. You know, they'll bring their girlfriends. Um, so a lot of the times we'll get a lot of like husbands and wives coming to experience something new. Um, you know, you know, a practice, that, a fun practice that they can both find that sensuality together. So we get a lot of that or some of my consistent consecutive students have been coming in. They finally drag their husband in and he really loves it. Um, we get a lot of of gay men as well who also just want permission to find fluidity in their body in a yoga class as well. Um, so and then we get a lot of straight men and it's it's really it's really awesome. I usually give them another thing to do when we are moving through the hip movement sometimes so actually partake and just drop in i usually speak to the divine feminine when we're doing those movements and really make it clear that the divine feminine is genderless and so so most of the time they close their eyes and just drop in uh, but i usually offer them another exercise if they're feeling uncomfortable which is some of the the basic boxing and jabbing and some of them will do that or they'll do like push-ups you know or they'll <laughs> do like lunge hops so they'll find other things to do as well so that they don't make the other people feel com- uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, or sometimes they'll just join in. But we yeah. do do we, we do get men. Obviously, majority of yeah. our students <laughs> are female. Perfect. Um, so super so. fun. Um, let's see. What tips would you give another female entrepreneur or professional that has high goals? Um, the main thing, main tip would be to, to kind of listen to yourself and your intuition. I think it's really important to have mentors um, and teachers. I have had my same teacher. He's not even at my yoga, he's not a yoga teacher. He's my spiritual teacher who I've had for 10 years. And that has been really profound when I can't seem to find my clarity. I, I usually go to him and he has been a profound stability in my life. And I feel really lucky and thankful to have um, my apostle in my life. Um, but I think it's also really, really important to really listen to yourself because when it comes to ideas and creating something that is not in the collective consciousness yet, like it, it hasn't been birthed into collective consciousness, it's really easy to like say this is too, this hasn't been done, so I don't know if it's going to be successful and try to curate something that looks a little bit more like something that's been done but what's so beautiful is is that you have what you have in you is an idea or something that ha- hasn't been birthed it's it hasn't been it hasn't arrived in collective consciousness yet and for that reason it's so necessary and needed you know with trap vinyasa had i had i like stifled it down or tried to water it down and do something that i saw someone else doing it wouldn't have been it, it wouldn't have been the phenomenon that it is because it has not been birthed into collective consciousness yet. It hasn't been created yet. And what creation wants is for us to bring new things into to collective consciousness because it, it expands it expands creation. You know, it, it grows at creation and it grows us as a race. Um, it grows us in love and in so many other areas. And it ultimately, Divine Sovereign Spirit wants us to be expanded. And the only way that that can happen is through 
um, through love and birthing these things that are within us that are in our unique dharma and our unique paths and birthing those out into creation and so so many times as women we want to be successful and we feel like the only way that we can do that is piggybacking on an idea that has already been done and kind of reshaping it and then reframing it and we delineate from our own originality our own uniqueness so the best thing I could say is to like really that creative idea that you have that that spark please just just do that lean into it yeah lean into that and just birth that into creation because because it hasn't been created before it's not there and so you obviously are the one to birth that into this world so please do so you know so uh, I think we accidentally skipped one question why is gender equality so important to you Mm. gender equality obviously I mean it's it's so necessary because we live in such a patriarchal system and it makes it so hard for you to be a woman or be a man and and dive into your divine feminine and divine and find a balance within that and a harmonization within your divine feminine and your divine masculine like and so people feel like they have to be hyper masculine or hyper feminine or a lot of feminists feel like they have to be hyper masculine and they won't let, give themselves permission to dive into their divine feminine because it doesn't feel safe so for the for the reasons of safety for creating a safe space where we can all ascend and expand in love like that equality is necessary so that we can have that equal balance of the divine feminine and the divine masculine like we were created to have in this dimension. Right now, that is so rare. And there's such an, um, an off balance of that because of the gender inequality. And because women feel like I can't dive or lean into my divine feminine because then I don't feel safe and I feel like I'm exposing myself. And, and men don't feel like they can dive into their divine feminine because of how the patriarchal system labels men having to be, what what it looks like to be a man. And so gender equality is, is really necessary for us to expand as a race in love. It's it's necessary for us to expand spiritually, you know. Um, our, our lives are kind of dependent on that. And yeah. so really cool. it's yep. necessary. This is um, last question. It's an easy one, so you're good. (laughs) (laughs) How can women find more about you and the classes and workshops that you offer? Oh, that's that is an easy question. (laughs) Well, you can always follow me on uh, at www.yogabybiola.com. That is my wellness and lifestyle blog. Um, You can find everything about healing on there, my weekly schedule and classes. Um, You can find everything about yoga on there and just some really great information. It's a well of information for you guys. You can also find me on YouTube where I provide a bunch of free YouTube videos and some some just some spiritual guidance at Yoga by Biala on YouTube. Um, If you're interested in Trap Vinyasa classes, you can just visit www.trapvinyasa.com. Or you can find us on Instagram um, at Trap Vinyasa. You can find us on Facebook at Trap Vinyasa. And you can find us on Facebook at Yoga by Biala. And Perfect. their Instagram is so much fun. Yes, <laughs> Instagram is so much fun. I love following it. Yes. It brightens my day. Well, thank you for coming on. We really thank appreciate you. it. I'm so happy to have been on here. And shout out to Maggie for hooking me yes. up. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Maggie. Yeah, yes. thanks for joining us in our journey and spreading the peaceful truth for ladies out there i'm so happy to have been here thank you for having me so we always end with one positive thing that we're looking forward to during the week 
So for me, I get to go to Texas on Tuesday, visit my family, and uh, do a lot of wedding stuff. So cater, meet caterers. Perfect. She's engaged. I'm I'm married. Congratulations. Thank you. That is exciting. So um, cake and photographer and DJ and all that stuff. So much fun. It'll be fun for sure. So much fun. Um, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to Canada next weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. This is your first time in Canada. First time going to Canada. What about you? Um, I'm looking forward to, gosh, what's next week? Oh, well, that's not coming up next. I honestly, I'm just looking forward to just creating. I just, I love creating content. Um, we just filmed a new um, YouTube video about uh, it's a practice all about the solar plexus, and I'm looking forward to editing that next week and getting that up on the YouTube channel, and just creating some more beautiful content, teaching some more classes, um, further defining the Trap Vyasa brand. We're doing a rebrand right now. Um, so I'm just really excited about that. Perfect. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.